Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everybody yeah hey (laughs) if you can't tell matt has so much impatience behind his yeah hey so hi i'm carol ann uh this is matt uh welcome back to another episode of boozed and confused or maybe it's your first time and welcome it's the place you go when you got nothing else rock bottom Uh, you have a me episode today. Uh, before we get into the me episode, some, some notes. Uh, we're on all your favorite social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, let's see if you want to reach out to us, uh, send us a message on any of those platforms or send us an email at boostingconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. I um, am just getting like some spam, uh, maybe some duplicate like coupons, which is kind of nice for some of my favorite retailers. Hit me up with those coupons. Um, And what else? If you like the pod and you want to support us, the best way you could do that is by leaving us a review and or subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. I always appreciate it. And uh, if you leave a review, you take a screenshot and you send it to us, we'll send you some shit in the mail for free. Actual, not, not actual, actual cat shit. shit. Actual cat we shit. We have a lot of boozed and confused stickers that we are going to send to your house. <laughs> You're going to need a forklift to get it out of the front lawn. Yeah, they're actually in the crawl space now, I think. Are they? No, they're oh, like right I there. Okay, great. Uh, the last one is what are you drinking? Oh, um, well, I was going to do that Kirkland whiskey we got. Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Do you like it? What no, you, I'm saying. What do you like about it? <laughs> I'm being called out. You know, I don't drink whiskey, but I'm I'm affirming your interest in it. Yeah, 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 I enjoy it. I actually was um sipping on it the other day, and I was like, "Why do I like whiskey again?" Yeah, I do like whiskey though. Um, yeah. no, I'm having a Revolution Brewing, a little crazy, Belgio Belgo. It's Belgio. It's it's a Belgian style, of course, pale ale. Um, and it reminds me a lot of like Golden Monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like the Belgian uh, ales. They're like kind of spicy almost. I am way more excited to hear about what you are drinking. I don't know. <laughs> these have been in the fridge for a hot minute. We bought these on clearance at Mariano's, which is where I go to get all my beer. So this is Rufino Wine Spritz Limonada. It's an Italian wine with sparkling water and natural lemon flavor. (coughs) Oh, God. I've not had one yet. Uh, You probably heard me opening it, but we're going to try it right now, live on the air. I'm going to bet it tastes... It does not smell good. (laughs) This is why it's on clearance. I can tell you that. It doesn't smell good. you got to pass that over here. Mm. Hmm. Oh, that is not good. Pass it. Pass it. Oh, that pass is not it, good. Pass uh, it. I got to try it. 
Oh, God. It's like I went into my grandma's liquor cabinet 20 years after she died and took a sip expecting it to be okay. That is not refreshing. That does not taste good. I Mm. bought it because I was like, what a nice summer drink. Italian wine with sparkling water and natural lemon flavor. My first sip, I'm not. I'm not sure. My second sip, we can. The we aftertaste can start the pod. is pa- terrible. Let's, let's get this. <laughs> let's get this going. Uh, we can switch if you want. Great, not getting better. <laughs> it's not getting better. Let me try again. Let me try again. How much alcohol is on this? Not enough. Not enough. Sorry, Rufino, if you were going to sponsor us. We were just about to, to send the, the check. Um, all right. So while Matt's deciding if he likes the shit or not, which I'm pretty sure he does not, we are going to talk about uh, a major historical event in the United States that I had no idea happened uh, until like this week when I stumbled upon it. So Nine. Not <laughs> it's not 9-11. I just figured that that happened. Stop it. Um, so we're talking about the Johnstown flood, which is supposedly called America's deadliest flood. Uh, if you're not counting things that happen from like hurricanes. So the the deadliest non-hurricane flood. All right. Are you following? Um, so Johnstown is in Pennsylvania. It was founded in 1800, um, but it all started with the building of like the Pennsylvania uh, Main Line Canal in 1836, and then construction of the Pennsylvania Ra- Railroad and uh, Cambria Ironworks in the 1850s. So the railroad and the ironworks are important to note because it'll kind of be like a big point later on. But uh, it was a population of like 30,000 and it was a big growing industrial community because of the quality of steel. It's a booming city, right? It was a booming city, especially for the 1850s. Yeah, Yeah, it's industrial times. Yeah. We're growing. We're booming. Yeah. Yeah. So this area where Johnstown is, it's like close to riverfront areas. Um, which unfortunately means that it's like prone to flooding because of the location. Um, so adding to that, you know, there's like a lot of slag from the iron furnaces of the steel mills, uh, that's being dumped along the river to create more land for building. (laughs) Yay. Capitalism. Slag. Yeah. That's awesome. So because developers were like throwing all this shit into the river and they were artificially narrowing the riverbed um, to maximize early industries, uh, that obviously leaves the the city a little bit more flood prone than it was before, just naturally. Um, So above the city, there's like the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania um, South Fork Dam that was built between 1838 and like 1853. And it's part of this like cross state canal system, the main line of public works. Um, So Johnstown is like the Eastern terminus of the Western division canal supplied with like water by the lake nearby. The lake is called Lake Conema. I didn't didn't look up how to pronounce this. Conema. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Um, so anyways, this is like the reservoir that's behind the dam that was built. Um, so, you know, railroads start uh, superseding canal bridge transport and the Commonwealth is like, 
fuck this place and sells it to the Pennsylvania Railroad. <laughs> so then um, the dam and the lake, Lake Kanama. Can we call it a darn? No. <laughs> Can we call it no. a darn? All this, all this no. foul language. I, I really only have such a limit. That was it. That was the uh, limit. It's like three, 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 three hex <laughs> and one father. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the dam and the lake are part of the purchase and the railroad sells them to private interests naturally because oh, that's, that's where the highest bidder comes oh, in. Of course. Uh, so you're going to love this. A guy named Benjamin Ruff um, just sounds like a fucking dick wow buys the abandoned reservoir modifies it and pretty much converts it into this like boys only club (laughs) this like private resort lake for wealthy associates it's a boys club um yeah it's a sweat lounge i'm pretty sure it was like men only no is it still open no i don't know if you'd want to go i actually i do think that the building stands as like a museum these days okay so and lost interest yeah (laughs) so a lot of these associates are connected through business and like social links to carnegie steel uh what i just it rings a bell yeah you know the name carnegie carnegie steel carnegie uh so as they're doing development on this they start lowering the dam to make its top wide enough to hold a road they put a fish screen in the spillway Uh, which is not great. I'm sure they're, of course, consulting engineers and architects as they're doing all of this very important work to a very uh, high-profile lake that's being held up by a reservoir. Um, So, you know, they have this system of relief pipes and valves that I think is pretty common in dams. I'm not a dam engineer. (laughs) I'm not a darn engineer, Um, you know. But uh, so the original system had these relief pipes and valves, but uh, those were sold off for scrap, I guess, when all this shit was put up for sale and they never replaced it. So they were just like, you know, it's like when you're putting something together and you have like two screws left at the end of it and you're like, are these important? Always a little (laughs) concerned after building the uh, six foot tall bookshelf from Ikea and you're like, what's this? uh, Did they give us extra? What's this extra bag for? Or, or like Legos. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's Lego, I feel like you have a problem. I don't. Does Lego just give you extra pieces? It's like there's gold. always a couple extra pieces. Well, I missed an instruction in there somewhere. I must have. Um, yeah. So when you take away these pipes and shit, the club pretty much had no way to lower the water level in the event that there was like an emergency in the lake, and they, you know, if it was like overflowing or something, they'll be fine. Yeah, no, 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 they'll be fine. How many times has this water gotten over the top, anyways? Yeah, like maybe once or twice. (laughs) The odds are in our favor then. So there's this group called this uh, Pittsburgh Speculators. They built cottages. There's like a clubhouse they put up to create uh, the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club. And uh, it's an exclusive and private mountain retreat because it's in like a valley, you know. Mm. Uh, So they have uh, about like 50 wealthy steel, coal and railroad industrialists as their members. Um, and you know, Lake Conema, 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 yeah, um, was about 450 feet in elevation above Johnstown. That's pretty important to remember. That's a lot of water to be above you. Yeah. It's 
a lot yeah. of water. Yeah. So the lake's like two miles long, a mile wide, and about 60 feet deep near the dam. And the dam is about 72 feet high, uh, 931 feet long. All right. I just like to live above water level. Yeah. I think we're like two feet above sea level. <laughs> Over here? Yeah, probably. Maybe That's it's a- like 10 feet. I will confirm this. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so May 28th, 1889, there's like this massive fucking storm that comes through. There's like six to 10 inches of rain that falls in 24 hours over the area. So during the night, you know, small, these small creeks that are running through become like these huge torrents. They rip out trees. They're bringing a bunch of debris with them. Um, they're taking down telegraph lines, you know, telegraph, the telegraph, um, and they start like washing away rail lines. That's how fast this shit was moving and how much debris that they had with it. Uh, so, you know, before morning really even hit, uh, or I guess like daylight even hit, the river that ran through Johnstown was about to like overwhelm the banks. So May 31st, you just fast forward, you know, a couple of days, uh, Elias Unger, who's the president of the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club, wakes up and Lake Kanama is swollen after a night long, heavy rainfall. Swollen. Swollen. These, such an these, uncomfortable word. <laughs> these old world folks have such a way with words. Yeah, they really do. The lake was swollen with water. <laughs> mm. 597 feet above sea level. Oh, so we're fine. For now. For now. For now. <laughs> so um, Unger runs outside. It's like still pouring rain. And he's trying to figure out what to do with this situation. And he sees that the water is like pretty much cresting the dam. So he's like, oh, shit. Oh. oh. It's like when you um, pour water into a cup and you get that little, uh-huh. a little, uh-huh. and you see how far you can go. Yeah. That's yeah, where we're then, at. And then you get one drip over and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, except I'm sure his was a little bit more dramatic than, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So so he gets this group of guys together to save the face of the dam. Um, but they're trying to, like, unclog the spillway because it's blocked by the broken fish trap that they'd fucking put in uh, and all this debris that was, you know, from the swollen water line. So dudes try to, like, dig a ditch at the other end of the dam. Um, you know, didn't really do anything. The idea was to let more water out of the lake um, to try to, like, prevent overtopping the crust. Um, that did not help. <laughs> did not work. Too little, too late yeah. kind of a thing? Um, just well, didn't work at all? I think there were just a lot of things that failed here. Yeah. It's like, let's go, gang. Let's yeah. go, fishing club. <laughs> let's go fix that dam. Mighty teens assemble. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're still trying to like work on a bunch of other shit. They're trying to like pile mud and rock on the face to save the wall that's eroding. Clearly not going to help. Um, yeah. So there's like an engineer for the club who's like, maybe we just cut through the dam's end, you know, and like release some pressure so that it's not the entire fucking thing. Um, just a small hole yeah. will do. <laughs> but then, then I think maybe he comes to his senses and he's like, yeah, actually the entire thing would just collapse. Um, so what's crazy is, uh, you know, John Park, who's that engineer that I talked about rides on horseback to a telegraph office in South 
Fork to send warnings to Johnstown saying that, you know, hey, shit's not looking good at the dam. Y'all should maybe prepare. Um, so Park didn't personally take a warning message to the Telegraph Tower. He sent a man instead, and the warnings weren't passed on to the authorities because there had been a lot of false alarms in the past of, you know, hey, the, the dam is about to break. It's like a boy who cried wolf situation. <laughs> the Fooled me once, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you got me that first time. Everyone left town. Yeah, pretty much. Stole all their eggs. So remember, uh, you know, the president or whatever the fuck he was uh, wakes up in the morning and sees this happening. So they're all still working through the late morning, the afternoon, and they all pretty much say fuck it at 1.30, uh, you know, time to wrap it up. Time for a union break. <laughs> oh. um, so, you know, they are all ordered to fall back to higher ground on both sides of the dam. Uh, and they did nothing but just wait and watch after that because I guess there's really nothing that you could do. What are you supposed to do in that situation? Um, so, meanwhile, in Johnstown... It's already flooded there because of the rain and the river and the, the oh, torrents. Right, right, yes. So the water was as high as 10 feet in the street in Johnstown before the dam even breaks, which is pretty fucking crazy. So people start getting trapped in their houses, obviously. Um, so between 250 and 255, the South Fork Dam breached and... Uh, it contained supposedly like 3.8 billion gallons of water at the time that it broke. Good heavens. Yeah. Which With a is, B. Yeah. That's a lot of water. Yeah. Um, so some very smart people who work with this stuff daily and know how to, you know, calculate this shit, uh, put this into like a model for modern day and estimated that it took about 65 minutes for most of the lake to empty after the dam began to fall. That's alarmingly quick. Yeah. Yes. That's alarmingly fast. quick. Super fast. So South Fork is the first town to get hit with all this flooding water. It's on high ground. Most of the people like, you know, could see the shit coming. Um, so they start running up to nearby hills and only about, you know, 20 and 30 houses are destroyed and four people are killed, um, which is unfortunate. But compared to what we're about to get into, they got off pretty lucky, I think. So keeps going downstream to Johnstown. It's like 14 miles west. Water keeps picking up debris like trees and houses and animals. And, uh, you know, at the Cone Maw, I really should have looked this up. I think it's Cone Maw Viaduct. Um, there's a 78 foot high railroad bridge that the flood is like momentarily stemmed by when debris is like jammed, you Just know, against the up. arch. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be like a catapult, though. It's like all that build yeah. up and it's just going to it's going to give out and you're going to have like a giant train flying at you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. So like seven minutes later, the viaduct collapses. The flood resumes its course. But, um, you know, because of the delay, the floodwaters gained, you know, renewed hydraulic head, which was pretty much just a <laughs> stronger more abrupt wave of water hitting places downstream than maybe otherwise would have been if it had just flowed naturally without that built-up pressure mm -hmm. 
So Mineral Point is like, you know, a mile below the viaduct. Uh, it's the first populated place to be hit with the renewed force. And like 30 families lived on the village's single street. Um, there's no structures left, no topsoil, no subsoil. Uh, you know, the death toll was like 16 people. It's like almost everybody. Yeah. About, yeah, I mean. Yeah. 30 families 16 everyone lost something yeah exactly it was like a nobody really gets out unscathed sort of situation um so east conma is next uh cone conma i feel like i've changed the the way i've pronounced it at least seven times we'll find a third way of saying it before the end um so <clears throat> they said that uh, there's like a witness on high ground. I'd love to know like how they kept these historic documents. Did they interview them afterwards? Everyone, I have the high ground. <laughs> okay. Come up here. I have the high ground. <laughs> oh, appropriate timing with um, Obi-Wan ending this week. Um, so the eyewitnesses said that it was like a huge hill rolling over and over. Like, that's how fucking big and powerful a, this water powerful. stream was. Yes. Yeah, which is crazy. So um, there's this guy named John Hess, who's like an engineer of a locomotive uh, that just unfortunately happens to be passing through at this very moment. So he feels the rumbling of this flood approaching. Ooh. And he's like, fuck this. This can't be good. <laughs> throws the locomotive into reverse, races backwards towards uh, East Conma, and starts blowing the whistle constantly to give people a warning, which actually ends up helping. Like, his warning saved a shitload of people who were able to get to higher ground, so he's probably a hero. <laughs> Why is that train going backwards? <laughs> we should probably get out of here. This guy's crazy. Yeah, that's that's what I would think. I don't know. I don't hear train whistle and think like, there's a massive flood approaching. I should get out of my house. Um, so the flood hits. It actually picks up the locomotive that John is in. Um, he survives. There's like 50 other people that died. Um, 25 of them were people stranded on trains in the village, which is unfortunate. Yeah. So right before it hit, hits Johnstown, it hits the Cambria Iron Works in the town of Woodvale. It picks up railroad cars and barbed wire. Oh, no. God, as if, like, that shit couldn't get worse. So Woodvale at this point has 1,100 residents. 314 of them died in the flood. That's how bad it was there. Um, so not only did they have to worry about the flood waters, but boilers were actually exploding when the flood hit uh, you know, the wire works and there's like black smoke apparently seen by residents, you know, within like a 30 mile radius. Uh, yeah, not fun. And you still got to remember the barbed wire. So about 57 minutes after the dam collapsed, mm -hmm. it finally hits Johnstown. Uh, residents had no idea that this was coming. There was no warning. They had, they didn't have, you know, a a train engineer blowing his horn and getting people all alerted. So people are really caught off guard. Um, the, the floodwaters are traveling at speeds of 40 miles an hour and reached a height of 60 feet. That's a big old wall of Isn't water. That fucking crazy. That's like a lot of water. Think about how tall our house is. 
It's not 60 feet. It's not 60 feet. It's probably, I actually don't know how tall our house is. Next time I'm up there, yeah. I'll uh, <laughs> we'll do bring some a tape measure. I'm just trying to like visualize how tall 60 feet is. And that's fucking crazy. Um, so, you know, people see this starting to come by and because, you know, it's moving so quickly, most of them don't escape. They really try to make it for higher ground and, and most of them are actually crushed by debris. Other, you know, get caught up in barbed wire from the factory up, upstream. Um, people reached like attics or roofs, um, you know, in like a last ditch effort to stay alive or they're staying afloat on pieces of floating debris and then they're waiting hours for help to arrive. Um, I also imagine there's a lot of people who maybe waited in buildings and then the building got swept away. Um, right. A lot of this information is coming from, uh, I have like three main sources. The, the biggest one is Wikipedia, but there's uh, pictures of everything and you should absolutely check out the photos of the damage after in jo Johnstown. Um, it's fucking crazy. Like it's just absolutely massive what the damage is i'm gonna take a little peek yeah take a peek take a little peek get a little genuine reaction here um so johnstown has something called the stone bridge it's this uh arched structure um but it carried the pennsylvania railroad across the river and the debris that was carried by the flood formed a temporary dam at the bridge which resulted in the flood surge rolling upstream along the stony creek river and eventually, obviously, the, you know, surge uh, returns to the dam. There's like a second wave of water that hits the city from a different direction. So, you know, some people have been washed downstream. They're trapped in like an inferno as the debris that piles up against the bridge catches fire. So jo John sounds just mm. not having a good time. I just saw a picture. It, it was a painting. It wasn't a picture, but it was a. Uh people like kneeling and screaming into the sky while uh, a bridge is on fire and there's there's water and dead people everywhere yeah yeah it's a crazy pictures there was yeah. a like a whole tree just yeah. like like a horizontally hanging like through a house through a house yeah crazy um so in that like inferno uh that happened there's like at least 80 people who die here the fire burned for three days because it obviously the area is a disaster hard to maintain control of um so the the pile of debris that was you know at the the bridge covered like 30 acres and it was 70 feet tall which is insane so it takes workers like three months to actually remove the mass of debris and the delay was because there was so much fucking barbed wire that the uh, <laughs> workers that were there had to be incredibly uh, careful because they were just getting entangled in the wreckage. Who part uh, of this barbed wire here? Pretty much. So they got to a point where they were like, fuck it, and then just use dynamite for everything. It's already burning. So what's crazy to me is the total death toll from the flood is calculated at 2,209 people. Um, which is like for the time, obviously the largest loss of civilian life in the U S um, the number of deaths, 2,200 people is surpassed by fatalities in the 1900 gal uh, 
Galveston hurricane that's mm-hmm. in Texas, um, and the 9-11 attacks. So this is like, I think, the third Ooh, that's, deadliest. That's impressive. That's uh, accurate. And what's also crazy to me is bodies were found as far away as Cincinnati, Ohio, which is like 400 miles away, which is fucking crazy to me. And as late as 1911. So this happened in, what, 1889? Mm-hmm. Um, 1911, they were finding bodies, like, far the fuck away from Pennsylvania. You couldn't be like, some guy killed another guy. Go, oh, I found another body from yeah. that flood. <laughs> yeah. Remember He's that still thing? warm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also looked this up on Google Maps, and you could definitely do the same if you're interested. But a third of the dead uh, were never identified, and so their remains were buried in the plot of the unknown at uh, Johnstown's Grandview Cemetery. It's like 777 people. And somebody took a picture. So you can look at Google Maps. Um, somebody took a picture of this like plot of the unknown. It's actually it's super eerie. It's just like very similar small headstones kind of mm-hmm. um they actually kind of resemble like military headstones mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. uh but much smaller and i don't think there's anything written on them did google um street view have like a before and after of the flood N- no why you think they have that footage <laughs> no i don't think they did I can I could give it a look. Maybe they maybe I'll they have something. Maps. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. So the Johnstown flood is like the worst flood to hit the U.S. in the 19th century. Uh, it's like 17 million dollars in property damage, which is uh, like over 500 million in modern yeah, times. Yeah, you got to inflate that a little bit. Yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> um, and four square miles of downtown Johnstown was completely destroyed. Um, so cleanup for the shirt really lasted like years. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, there's a lot of relief workers that come in, uh, at the peak, it's about 7,000 at one time working on efforts around this flood, which is crazy. Um, a little bit of interesting information is, uh, Clara Barton. Does that name ring a bell? It does. What does it ring a bell for? Uh, Clara, Doctor Who. No, that's very close, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So she's the founder and president of the American Red Cross, and this is like their first big initiative, oh, which is wild. I was I was just gonna say that you. Yeah, it was you definitely called me out. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets there June fifth, eighteen eighty nine. Um, you know, she was there for like over five months which is wild. Um, donations for relief effort came from all over the country, but also uh, like 18 foreign countries, which That's is so super heartwarming. Cool. They're like telegram 555 yeah. <laughs> with your $1 donation. <laughs> yeah. I, I really have to wonder like how that, how that worked out, but they um, collected like $3.7 million for relief efforts, which was, pretty neat wow so that again you got to inflate that that's yeah. a lot that's a lot of money yeah it also included a donation from the ottoman empire it's like the last good thing yeah. they did <laughs> well i guess i'll die now <laughs> <laughs> um 
So there's a, a committee called the ASCE committee that does their investigation report on January 15th of 1890, but they seal the report and they don't share it with any members uh, like or the public which is fucking crazy. So then they have an annual convention later in 1890 and uh, a committee member says, we will hardly publish our investigation report this session unless pressed to do so as we do not want to be involved in any litigation. So stop drinking it. You don't have to drink it. I don't don't like it. Yeah, I know you don't like it. I don't like it. That's why I took one sip and I said, sorry, Rufino. Now I know why you were on clearance. Now I know why you were on clearance. I don't like it. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, you know why? It says to serve with a fresh slice of lemon. Oh, is that to provide more lemon flavor? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, Yeah, so there's this whole investigation that's done. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of differences, I think, in the... um, What am I trying to say? Industry, maybe? Uh, some people think that what the private club did, like, f- like totally hampered its ability to prevent the flood. Others say that it would have happened regardless because there were, like, faults within the dam itself. Um, so it's it's hard to know. But what's really fucking crazy is, like, some of the survivors of this flood blamed the club, obviously, for the modifications of the dam leading to this flood happening and so um the club was defended in court uh no one was ever held legally responsible they considered it like an act of god Mm -hmm. and not a penny was paid by these assholes to the survivors of the flood so you pretty much lose everything i don't know if home insurance is really a thing back then yeah i'm sure flood insurance isn't i'm just gonna ask uh yeah no uh but what i will say is like there were individual members of the club who were millionaires in their day who contributed to the recovery in johnstown um you know some through like thousands of dollars to the relief effort um it's just kind of fucking crazy that nobody was ever held responsible for this well we all know that the rich folk just did that for a tax write-off right (laughs) well yeah (laughs) i did donate to the flood relief yeah yeah of course a pretty penny but uh yeah that's the fucked up story of the johnstown flood that killed over two thousand people not that long ago in our country's history um yeah i hope you learned something new today because this was fucking wild for me to read about (laughs) They're like, we just got through the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's coming Everything's up gonna, now. Everything's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that was that was it for today. So I hope you enjoyed it or didn't. Uh, and you still listened this far. So good for you. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to go buy some sandbags. Yeah. Sounds great. Just in case. Well, oh, for the flood. Just in case. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, see you next time. Dig some trenches, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Ta-ta.